What's up, GDQers? This is Taylor from Game Devs Quest with this week's quick tip. Hey, Android people. If you're like me, you have Android because you're cheap. You don't want to spend all that money on the latest iPhone. Additionally, you don't really want to spend a lot of money on apps or games for your phone. So if you want to build up a little bit of free Play Store currency, check out Google Opinion Rewards. I use this whenever there's a survey available for me to rack up 10 cents here, 30 cents there, and eventually I'll have enough to buy a game. I've done this for a couple of years, and pretty much everything that I've bought on the Google Play Store has come from this money. Surveys come up once every two weeks to a month or so, but after a little bit of time, you got enough to buy an app. Alright, hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Game Devs Quest, your once weekly podcast following two game dev scrubs into game dev dumb. That's right, <laughs> if we can do it, you can too, of course. I'm one of your hosts, Rhett. I'm one of your other hosts, Taylor. And, uh, yeah, so we're back, I'm back. To you guys, though, we've never been missing, because we are that dedicated to providing mm-hmm. you with weekly entertainment and educational value. Uh, I just got back from a week-long excursion to the East Coast, specifically to New England, more specifically to Boston. However, I did spend one night in New Hampshire. Oh, so nice. Actually, did I? No, I don't think I did. I think I spent all my nights in Massachusetts. However, I visited like six states, so... That's pretty cool. Yeah, I yeah. Well, it's pretty easy. Yeah, true. <laughs> in I know. In in Oregon, it's like the distance between going from Marion County to Lane County, which is like, or even Lynn County, which is like all next to each other. Right. Know? But <laughs> uh, also, how do you feel like the East Coast compared to the West Coast? Because there's been some debate on the Discord about which coast is the best coast, and we all know what that is. Well, yeah, it's there's no debate, um, and you get yourself into murky territory by debating it because by debating it, you are basically implying that you have a position which is debatable, <laughs> a position which, um, you know, given the right information, could be changed. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I will say I really enjoyed. I mean, I've been to the East Coast before. Um, I've been to Florida. Yeah, but the, Florida is like so different than New England. Yeah, Florida sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, New England. I will say there's parts of it I really liked, and there's parts of it that I really didn't like. Um, and of course, global warming is changing this, but um, you don't easily get Lyme disease on the West Coast. So there's that. There is one tick for the West Coast. Um, is that common on the East Coast? Well, common enough because they have tons of ticks. Oh, bummer. Uh, more <laughs> common than it is in Oregon. However, I think um, we're starting to find more and more ticks in Oregon. Yeah. Although maybe what? the t- maybe the whole tick thing is more like you know uh, like Appalachia type area. Yeah, I but... don't know. What would... so this is interesting cuz Allie and I were actually having a conversation about ticks yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Uh she said apparently this one type of tick that is only found in Asia was uh-huh. recently found in Oregon. Yeah, I just read that news Which article is like, myself. What? That's crazy. What's going on? The great tick yeah. migration? Well, no, we actually um have quite a problem with like pest uh, transference from Asia to the West Coast. Like, in fact, we have like a type of beetle from Japan that's just been like absolutely destroying um, some of our trees, tree life. Oh, I have heard that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been going on for quite a while. So now we're talking about all these ways that the West Coast is susceptible to, <laughs> to uh, outside interference. I yeah. don't know. Does that make Hang it on worse? Real quick. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say? I said, now that we're talking about how 
the West Coast is susceptible to all these outside pests, does that make the West Coast worse? <laughs> no. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Some other things, um, like, well, for instance, Boston uh, was – and Portland has the same problem. So, I, you know, it, it was uh, not laid out to be a massive town until, right. like, way later in its life. So – Streets and traffic are really weird, I assume. It's just bonkers, dude. And yeah. Boston has some of the worst traffic I've ever experienced in my life. And I was one time trapped on the same block in Honolulu for six hours. <laughs> so let your imagination run wild with that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Uh, I did really enjoy Boston and all that sort of stuff. But also, like, the other problem I had was, like, it was, A, the roads are shit. Pretty much everywhere we went, the roads are absolute horseshit. Now, gas is like 50 cents per gallon cheaper. Uh, however, I, th I think it shows in the roads because I'm pretty sure our gas tax uh, goes to maintain our roads. And mm. uh, I know that there's some counties in Oregon that have notoriously bad roads. But by comparison, like there may as well be fucking like roads of clouds, basically. <laughs> like there were some roads that were in such bad repair that i mean it was like a freeway or a turnpike rather and you had to like a fucking turnpike which by the way is like a toll road so it's like there's fucking tolls on this road yet you can't even go the speed limit because the road is so cracked and filled with potholes and all this stuff it's like you have to go 20 miles under the damn thing just to get anywhere without busting an axle yeah toll roads the idea of them just instantly infuriates me because we have like next to none over here. Yeah, I know. And that's what what's funny to me about it is, you know, because my father-in-law, he's like a, so against taxes. But he's all about <laughs> like privatized uh, toll no, roads. No, no, not necessarily. <laughs> no, he... He's not, like, that way about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he knows that there's a place for government programs and there's a place for taxes and all this stuff, but he hates being taxed because, like, well, he's worked from the ground up and now he's, like, making decent money. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like, it's just funny because he was talking about how garbage it is that Oregon's gas is so expensive and all this stuff. And I'm like, yes, but our roads are so great and other <laughs> things, you know? Yeah. <coughs> oh shit man i got like a real scratch in my throat for some reason yeah right. um and yeah the tolls are like not super cheap either you know and people go out of their ways in the east coast to avoid tolls and all this stuff and it's not like it's easy like you <laughs> it's you got to really plan stuff out to avoid tolls at that point like why not just use public transit is it is it not very good there well uh in boston it is but we were going all around new england Oh, right. Yeah. And I mean, okay. in Boston, they have public transit and everything. However, like, it seemed like the subways were always behind schedule and it's uh, no not Japan. Right. And they're <laughs> not necessarily like the cleanest either. Yeah. Um, and, and also, and that's, yeah, did I say that already? It's just like not a very clean place. It's like everywhere we went, there's garbage. Like, we're driving on the freeway to go to another state and there's like garbage. <laughs> That's like, the cleanest place that we went was when we went up to Maine, and we went to this small coastal town uh, called Ogunquit. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, you know, the idyllic, like, New England coastal town when you imagine what it looks like, you know, in your mind. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I think lots of, like, yuppies live there and big houses and things like that, so that's that might be part of it. But everywhere else, man, it was like every freaking place you went it's like oh here's a turn off from the freeway there's trash piled up over there everywhere we went in boston there's like trash on the road on the sidewalks and stuff except for some of the like more touristy areas like along the freedom trail it was pretty clean yeah all that sort of stuff um and that's the other thing i didn't like about new england is the way that they do their signs on the roads is really stupid so like you know you're driving in oregon you're on the freeway and you got the big overhanging signs that are like, you know, keep right, exit only for, you know, this exit headed towards the, you know, the signs are very, very obvious. And I think yeah. California does a pretty good job with this as well. Um, but in New England, it seemed like everywhere we went, it was like the sign for the exit that you needed was right you at know the like exit. 50 feet. Yeah, it was like right at the <laughs> exit, but it's beyond the exit. You um, know what I mean? 
it's beyond the exit. What? And their exits are not like gilded exit ramps like we have. Like they're just sharp turnoffs into the next road, you know? It's crazy. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's uh, us having the privilege of having like endless space or something. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I will say that's just like when we came back from Japan and you get into the Northwest and you're like, ah, yeah. I can breathe. <laughs> yeah. My shoulders relax. It, it was kind of the same experience coming from Boston. Um, you know, because everything's smaller there. Like we, um, our, when we were actually in Boston, we stayed uh, in East Boston and we just stayed in an Airbnb and it was like in a row house. And we had the whole apartment to ourselves, but even still, it was like pretty small. Yeah. Um, I know. I think you know, we're pretty spoiled with that. Like, yeah, absolutely. We just have space everywhere. And not only that, I thought the Boston Logan Airport was pretty shitty. Um, but again, we're spoiled with PDX, which has been routinely voted as like one of the best airports in the country year after year. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Hmm. Well, <laughs> also, what did you like though? <laughs> oh, I like. I mean, I liked mostly everything. I'm just yeah. saying for the people who think the East Coast is better, shut the. F- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, sorry. I was just going off this debate topic here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, dude. Everything was like I loved everything. It was fun. Um, it was great. Just kind of being exposed to a different pace of life. Um, I really enjoyed like the New England coast. I really enjoyed. Uh, we. I don't know, man. We had some fun. We went into Providence and had some a great time uh, there. And uh, Boston was just like, yeah, the his- the historic stuff was excellent. Like we did the Freedom Trail, of course, um, and saw a bunch of really cool stuff. Like we went to uh, the Bunker Hill Monument, which is oh, like where the wow, that would be yeah, cool. It was very cool, and we climbed to the top of it. Um, we went to the State House. We went to Boston Common. Um, we went to the Granary Burial Grounds, which is where like a lot of you know, like Paul Revere is buried there and Sam Adams is buried there. Yeah. And, um, and Ben Franklin's family is buried there. Uh, so that was kind of cool. That is cool. Um, we went to the USS Constitution, which is the oldest commissioned warship in the U.S. Navy. It is a wooden boat with cannons on it, commissioned in like 1797 or some garbage. Um Dang. Yeah, it like went and fought pirates in the Mediterranean. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is kind of like, it's kind of bonkers when you think, I don't know why. Yeah. And there you Um, are just standing on it. (laughs) Yeah. I think it received a lifetime commissions like maybe, I don't know, in the 1950s or something like that. So they just like keep maintaining it now forever. Um, it's like a tourist destination. Yeah. It was, it was really cool. You got to go on board. We got to see the cannons. Uh, they had some like naval officers on board that were learning to plot a course, like the old fashioned way, map and compass and all that type of stuff. Oh, dang. Um. Yeah. See, all of that stuff is like really fascinating to me. Like, um, you know, when we were in Hiroshima and stuff, looking at the museum and and just being like right where the bomb was dropped, yeah. or yeah. or like when I was in, you know, London or Paris or whatever, it's like, whoa, all these crazy things happen right here. You know, this is Buckingham Palace. Like, yeah. <laughs> You know, it's Absolutely. almost it's almost like fiction coming to real life because you don't real like you read history and you know yeah. that all these things happened, but you don't really have a grasp of what it's actually like until you are there. Yeah. And uh I don't know, just kind of a weird feeling. Absolutely. It was weird. And but it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. Being on Bunker Hill was kind of bizarre because it's really hard to imagine what it must have looked like back then. Right. Um, you know, Boston was a really, really, I mean, it was a big, it was a city, but it was also like where the Battle of Bunker Hill took place it was just like a farming area, basically, yeah. you know? Um, oh, I also went to one of the oldest taverns uh, in the United States, a place where George Washington himself uh, drank um, and commiserated with fellow <laughs> revolutionaries and forefathers. Um, cool. So that was kind of cool. Nice. Oh, went to Salem, Massachusetts, obviously. I can't believe I forgot to mention that. That was kind of cool. <laughs> went yeah. from Salem, Oregon to Salem, Massachusetts. Had to do it. Did you go um, to Portland, Maine? Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, see? <laughs> so, <laughs> All of our sister cities. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, Salem was kind of neat. We, you know, we went to like where the one of the judges lived during that time. Um, 
All the witch trials. Yeah, I went to a couple museums. Yeah, during the witch trials, sorry. Went to a couple museums and stuff like that. We found the cemetery that has, like, a memorial to the victims of the witch trials. Dang. uh, The people who were wrongfully executed. Was it kind of creepy there, or not Not really? Um, Because, like, Salem... Salem is so notorious for being like this creepy place, you know. Yeah, because of the it's witch like trials. a modern city. It's like got like fifty thousand people living there now. Yeah. It's like a modern city. All this kind of stuff. Like I didn't really think it was creepy, but what I found really interesting about it was a lot of people that grew up there said that it wasn't really something that you ever talked about until like the seventies. Huh. Like it wasn't until like seventies and eighties when they kind of started talking about it publicly and made it kind of like. A tourist type attraction yeah and like all before the then, horror movies just, and stuff coming out right and before that you just didn't talk about it <laughs> at all like it was like shh don't talk about the witch trials like they were so kind of like ashamed about it and all this stuff because i mean they killed like 13 people or something mm-hmm. um just in one summer basically yeah and yeah, it was just bonkers. And that whole time was like I guess really lawless. Like the like the the crown of England had just been like, "Eh, we're done governing you. Good luck," you know. <laughs> yeah. And then they just descended into lawlessness and they're all accusing each other and the freaking evidence which they levied against each other was just nonsensical. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh but yeah, I didn't really get creeped out there. Like they had kind of like a not a reenactment, but like a kind of a model of like the dungeon dungeons in which they locked a bunch of people up in. And that was kind of, it was more sad than anything, just seeing the small places that these people would be chained up in. And mm-hmm. I don't know, even going to the house wasn't really all that creepy. I mean, it looks creepy. I don't know. I never really got creeped out there. It seemed like a cool town, though. You know, like I, I really enjoyed the vibe I got just walking around. We spent all day there. Nice. So, cool, man. Yeah. Sounds like a pretty good trip. Yeah, it's pretty cool. If anybody ever goes to Salem, it's kind of like they took. A, I think they took a nod from Boston, which has the Freedom Trail inlaid in the ground with bricks, uh, where you can just follow the Freedom Trail all through Boston. They do the same thing in Salem. They just paint a red line on the ground and you can follow that and that'll take you like through all the cool tourist destinations. Nice. Yeah. Sounds like fun, man. Yeah. Not, and not to keep talking about this forever, but what was kind of interesting was uh, I came back and played fallout four because I'd been thinking about it the whole time while I was in Boston. And uh, it's amazing the level of detail and how much it like lines up with real life. (laughs) Um, I have played, you know, probably like 200 hours of that game and there was uh, so many like historic locations in that game that I hadn't yet discovered on the map. And it was fun because I was just playing. I was like, okay, let's go to this area and check it out. So I fast traveled there and walked around. And it's like, oh, my God, I recognize there's that <laughs> building. And if this building is here, then that must mean. And then I wander like around a couple blocks. And it's like, oh, my God, it is there. You know, like I was I was able to find like the granary burial grounds on my own. I was able to find like, I don't know, a bunch of locations just purely based off of my experience there that's funny dude yeah you just like know where everything is now (laughs) yeah it was pretty cool uh it'd be funny if it was the other way around like you played fallout 4 and you got to like know boston really well and then you went there and you're just like oh yeah i don't even need a map (laughs) well you know i'm sure that if i had played some fallout before leaving that that would have been the case yeah it's just kind of it's kind of bonkers like coming back and and i heard the same it's kind of the same experience for fallout 3 which is in washington dc um you know it's kind of crazy like coming back i had been looking at a map of boston so much if, you know, because I was there. And then when I came back and looked at the map, it's like, oh, like suddenly the map for Fallout 4 just made way more sense. <laughs> uh, you know, because otherwise it's just like some shapes on a, on your screen. You're like, huh, I yeah. don't know what any of this is. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I actually didn't know that Fallout 4 was in Boston. So yeah. That's cool. They call it the Commonwealth. Ah. Uh. <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, and that was what was really cool too, is like, you know, the USS constitution is in fallout four and they like retrofitted it to have robots pilot it. And it's like a flying ship and you help them out. And, oh, okay. uh, 
Yeah, so there's just like a bunch of like I went I yeah I went to the Bunker Hill monument in there and it's like a little it's like a settlement in the game it's kind of cool. <laughs> um, you go and go to Boston Common where a giant monster lives and you have to it's like one of the hardest monsters to kill in the game. Um, That's funny. Yeah, kind of cool. That is cool. Kind of cool. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm glad you're back. Uh, you. I had some good times while you were gone. Yeah. Uh, but before I dive into that, I do want to mention, so last week, our, our most recent episode, we really kind of had a retrospective discussion about the podcast. And well, so, is it a retrospective or an introspective? <laughs> maybe a bit of both, right? Because we, isn't retrospective where you look back in the past and kind of analyze? Yeah, uh, but I kind of feel like we were more looking inside about what we <laughs> wanted to get out of it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a bit Fine. of both, but <laughs> an intretrospective, intretrospective, uh, which actually is kind of interesting. I, I was thinking about this because a lot of um, developer jobs um, ha- they use what's called uh, agile, uh, an agile approach to development. Sure. Um, and part of the agile approach is having retrospective meetings uh typically each week to talk about how the last week went and it's all just about continuous improvement um and i kind of thought about it like we haven't really ever done that but that's what it almost felt like you know it was kind of like a little bit of event session but also like planning ahead and looking back at the past to kind of inform our decisions going forward and so i thought that was kind of cool it might be an, an interesting idea to kind of think about agile and how we can use some of the like methods methodologies or whatever of agile to help improve the podcast um but with that uh we we talked a lot about right before that we started podcasting today um we talked a lot about how we can structure the podcast a little better um and some some things we really want to solidify moving forward. Obviously with Rhett being gone for the last week and a half or so, we didn't have a lot of time to catch up and and brainstorm and plan, but we'd like to structure the podcast a little bit more, be more goal oriented. Again, when we first started the podcast, we always did a challenge of the week and I think we're going to stick to that. So typically we're going to talk about the challenge last week, how we did kind of towards the start do a little bit of an update session and then maybe dive into some game dev topics uh that we can kind of dissect and use to help better ourselves and the community um as well as we've we've thought a little bit about doing some kind of questions like answering questions anyone has um part of me wonders like if we do that if we're if people would really be interested (laughs) you know what i mean um, mm-hmm. but I think it'd be kind of cool to get your guys' voice on the podcast. So we haven't designed a method yet of getting your questions to us right now. Maybe it could just be the discord. Um, but we want to have some time where we can answer questions you guys might have about random things. Uh, so yeah, right now we're kind of in the update section. Uh, for me, well, biggest news, biggest news for going forward We've decided a date for OMG Jam 4. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we're planning on having OMG Jam 4 the dates of June 29th through July 2nd. I know that probably won't work for everybody, but um, we're hoping we can get as many of you guys in the Discord and as many people um, you know, that haven't heard of us to join and hopefully make it more successful than OMG Jam 3. So... Um, Block that off on your calendars and get ready for it. Absolutely. And as we get closer, you know, we'll be um, talking about that a lot more. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think part of the reason, too, that we we chose to do it a little bit farther out is to give us some time to do some advertising, build up the support for it. Um, we, we struggled really hard this time to find a date that worked. So... I know I've been saying it for probably the last two months that it's just right around the corner, but we couldn't really line anything up. And that's really like the first weekend that Rhett and I are able to do it. So our apologies for that. 
we're going to try to do them as often as we can, but just being busy people who we are, we can't promise anything. So, but yeah, we'll be releasing uh, updates about themes and that sort of thing as we go. Um, Some interesting stuff for us is that Rhett and I have decided to part ways for this OMG jam. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Which I'm actually super excited for because uh, this gives us both a chance to hone our own skills and make a game from start to finish on our own. So um, I'm And then of course we we invite everybody to vote on which of our games is better. Oh competition, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be kind of funny. Although it like after seeing Ludum Dare uh, and and how they do it, like a competition might be kind of fun sometime. Yeah. Um, Could be. I don't know if this is the right time for it, but it it definitely stirs up a lot of conversation. And I think, like, I don't know, in my opinion, competition only makes people better. Um, for instance, when I was running cross country, I sucked until my buddy Kurt joined and we got really competitive with one another. And then by being competitive, we constantly I pushed each other to be faster runners. You know, so I, I could see that helping out in terms of, especially with our community being so tight knit, um, adding that little of competition might be kind of fun. Make people really want to get invested and do a good job, you know. So that might be kind of fun. Um, that's the biggest piece of news. Um, for me, uh, while you were gone, I worked a lot on my game. I added some new features. I got. Uh, I got a bear in the game, which is really fun. <laughs> so right now the way it works is that there's a bear that is hidden in the forest randomly. And so if your little character happens to jump on the tile that he's on, he like pops out and scares the the character and they like run away and either quit. So they you lose like your lumberjack or they run far enough to like be away from the bear and get tired um which is i i had a lot of fun doing that doing the pixel art implementing that little feature kind of boosted my uh interest in moving forward and then i've decided to um spend some more time on the game i think like my ultimate goal originally was to finish in like three months three or four months i think i'm gonna extend that and make it so that it has an overworld, kind of like Super Mario or something. Um, and basically, you start with the first little forest area unlocked. And as you progress and like do well in that level, it'll unlock another part of the map. So your like lumber logging business expands and allows you to go to another almost biome. And so... Um, Eventually, you'll unlock... I have four ideas for like terrain. One is just the normal like green forest I'm working on right now. Then there's going to be a snowy level. There's going to be a desert type of level or like arid. And then a swamp level. That was Maddieken's idea, which is cool, I think. So there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of drawing I'm going to have to do, which is going to be fun. I'm excited to get better at pixel art, and I think this will be a good way to, of doing that. But absolutely, um, I'm kind of thinking that because I'm I'm actually getting almost there to being done with like the main mechanics of the game and the first level. So once I have that all set up, then I can work on basically just duplicating what I have, tweaking the difficulties for each each of the different terrains, and then just putting a new skin on them. So it's probably going to take me like six months total or more, but. I'm feeling like the closer I get and the more of these little features I add, like the bear and maybe, you know, different creatures that do different things, um, the more I feel like I might be able to put a price tag on this game, you know, maybe make it 99 cents or like maybe if you want to unlock the levels, you have to pay a little bit or something. I'm not sure. So that was pretty cool. I feel like I'm I'm doing pretty good in that regard. I'm getting excited about um my game again like it's it's dragged at times but it feels good to like once once you implement a little feature that's like you're excited about it just like boosts your confidence and gets you going so 
Um, and then yesterday, what was really cool was I don't normally stream on Sundays, but um, Alio was gone during the afternoon. So I streamed and I got a host from uh, this guy called, I think Drathy is how you pronounce his name. And if you've seen the game Wayward on Steam, he's the yeah. developer of Wayward. <laughs> and uh, he hosted me yesterday, which was really cool. That game, by the way, looks really awesome. If you guys haven't seen it, check it out. Yeah, it's been on my wish list for a while. Yeah, I think me too. It's like seven ninety nine or something on Steam. But uh, that was pretty neat. And then a little while after he hosted me, uh, Honest Dan hosted me, which Honest Dan is a streamer I follow pretty closely. Um, God, and so those two combined, like I had over like 50 people in my stream for a while. And then... After a little while, you know, it always kind of like tails off. I, I pretty much like maintained around like 40 people uh, for quite a while, which was like super cool, you know, that because um, I've never had that many people in my stream before. So chat was like blowing up. I was having a hard time keeping up with that. And everyone's joking about how uh, they were limiting my progress, you know, because I'm like trying to read all the chats and stuff. But it was super fun. It made me excited to stream more. Um, and maybe even like mixing up my schedule a little bit because I streamed at a completely different time than I normally do. And I'm not so sure like 8 to 10 Pacific time is good for most of the world. So I wonder if that's why like my stream hasn't done that well is just because of the time. But I'm not sure. Eh, well, you got to do what works for you, you know? I mean... Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, Craft Computing streams live at uh, 8 on Wednesdays, and they get tons of uh, viewers from all around the world. That's even, true. Even in, like, India and stuff. So. Yeah. Well, they're also better than me, so. <laughs> well, no. No. It's I... just different. But I'm just saying, I'm just yeah. saying like, you know, it, it's possible that, um, that uh, you just haven't quite reached the audience that would, you know tune in quite yet so totally. yeah but that was that like time. that was encouraging it was a lot of fun having having all those people on so yeah. um other than that the only other thing uh is that i finally watched the last jedi the other night yeah uh, <laughs> so that was uh interesting i actually i don't think you and i talked about it no uh, because i didn't want you to give me any spoilers but what was what were your thoughts on the Last Jedi? Well, I saw it like five times in oh, the theaters. Dang. Okay. <laughs> the first time, uh, the first time I wasn't happy with it. Uh huh. Um, and then every time after that, I was like, "Oh, I think I get what they were doing." Yeah. You know, like I think I get it. Like, you know, and part of me had to recall how I felt about each other movie, and it's like all of the freaking excuses that you know you have to make for like the original trilogy to like make sense and be good. Uh huh. Um. And then, of course, like the way that I enjoyed each of the other, like the the prequel trilogies in the theater, because like you know, because I was a kid and all this sort of stuff. Like, so when I was able to like recall some of those feelings, it's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> I think I understand it, and I honestly really, really liked the movie. Yeah. Um, after it's all been said and done, I mean, I've seen it like five or six times at this point, but yeah. So I've only seen it once. Um, I am very split. I feel like I need to digest it some more. Yeah. Um, I So some things I didn't like, and I'm sure this is a really common complaint, is it feels it doesn't feel like a movie that's going to be a classic because of all the like little jokes that they did that felt very relevant to just now. You yeah. know what I mean? Like... The beginning, one of the first parts of the whole movie was when... Um, Spoiler alert! Oh, yeah. Should, I, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, though. Okay. We've, we've, we've warned them. Yeah, Fast also, forward it or stop. Also, you've had five months, so I'm surprised I yeah. haven't seen spoilers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, when Poe, like, dials into the fleet commander or whatever, and, yeah. and he's like just delaying i mean at least there was a purpose for the why for why he was talking this way but he's like yeah. you know acting like he can't hear him because of reception and it was like 
I get it. It was like kind of funny, but I was just like, this is not like Star Wars. It didn't feel like Star Wars when they did stuff like that. There were there were multiple times when they did that, and I was just like, yeah, this is uh, it's too goofy and too like timely to to make it a movie that's gonna last, you know? Right. Um. So that was one of my biggest complaints. Also, this is a big spoiler, I guess. When Leia's ship <laughs> gets like hit by a torpedo or whatever, yeah, and she goes flying out into space, yeah, and then somehow like uses the force or whatever to like come back in from space, yeah, and like live. I was just, I I didn't think that it was real. I was like. This is not, this didn't happen. This is so stupid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it made no sense to me. Um, and was, it felt really cringy. I hated that moment. That was my least favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny because like, here's where the divide between Star Wars fans lies in that movie. I feel like, um, you know, for one, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I had a podcast that was about anything, but with a Star Wars tilt to yeah. it. <laughs> um, and my brother and I have had endless arguments about that because, you know, I think I had the unpopular Star Wars. Well, shit, I don't know. You know, people either hate the movie or they love it. There's not really that much middle ground. And at first I didn't quite like it. And honestly, that scene is like, it's, it's fucking garbage in my opinion. Yeah. It's so bad. It is so and bad. I get what they were trying to do, but uh, it looks stupid. And that's, I think the biggest detriment to uh, it being like, I get the idea and I get the point, And I think there's about a hundred ways that they could have done it that uh, would have had me on board, right. but it looks it looks so <laughs> bad. And we're talking about Star Wars. Like, yeah. you know, the fucking movie that like basically invented special effects. Right. Like, you know what I'm, uh, and, and it looks horseshit. Yeah. It, it didn't look believable. It looked very CG. And yeah, yeah I was, so my thought at first was like, wow, they just killed Leia. I guess they probably yeah. did that after the fact because Carrie Fisher died and then all of yeah. a sudden she was like brought back to life. Yeah. And I don't know. I personally, my feelings towards the characters they brought back other than maybe Chewie, like Chewie was fine except for his little thing with like the little creatures. Um, I just didn't like, I didn't like what they did to Luke Skywalker I didn't like Leia or or really I I didn't like any other storyline besides the one between Rey and Kylo Ren. Yeah. Their storyline I enjoyed like yeah. thoroughly. Um especially like that scene when they like Rey comes yeah. back to the ship and there's like that fight you know, in the with, throne with, room. Yeah, in, yeah, exactly. That was like the coolest scene in the whole movie, I thought. Yeah, quite easily. And I think most people would agree with you. Um, badass scene. Yeah. I also really liked the cave. I liked everything with Luke Skywalker personally. Really? Um, my favorite thing about, you know, and I think a lot of people, their problem that they have with the movie, and it, and it kind, of, kind of like what you were saying too with the jokes, is that they are now establishing that this isn't going to be the Star Wars that you're familiar with ever again. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they are, I, I think they did a lot of fan service with The Force Awakens, and it still pissed a bunch of people off. They're like, this is so derivative. It's basically Star Wars. And it's like, well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. A New Hope too. Right. Yeah. And I was fine with that because, you know, they're, they're giving Star Wars to the next generation. They say, here's the Star Wars that everybody right. knows and loves, and it's now yours. Right. Well, and yeah, yeah, sorry, go ahead. And I was going to say, and with Last Jedi, it felt like, here's the Star Wars you know and love. However, it is now theirs, and it is not 
going to be the same from now on. Right. And well, I really liked that Mark Hamill was like, you know, they they've just flat out call like the Jedi way, like a religion. Mm-hmm. He is like questioning it, you know, rather than like, rather than like, ah, you're basically a wizard and huzzah, you have powers. He's like, no, it's a religion with its own like faith doctrines and all this, this sort of stuff. Yeah. And they're wrong. They just, they interpreted all these things wrong. Um, and then not only that, he like called a lightsaber a laser sword, which I thought was like yeah, really fun because, I did too. because, you know, Mark Hamill, he really leans into, I think, the support and the fans and everything that he gets from Star Wars. But I think he's like totally aware that it's like kind of a hokey, cheesy thing. <laughs> yeah. And so many people take it way too seriously. And so I thought it was kind of cool that like he, they were able to like kind of knock some of the stuff down a peg by yeah. like, you know, when and like one of my other favorite scenes when Snoke just flat out says the mask that Kylo Ren is wearing is like stupid. Right. I'm like, yes, it is. It stupid. Is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like in real life, it's stupid. But we like we kind of belay our our our. We like expect the bad guy to have that kind of right yeah and we we suspend our our like real life sensibilities to enjoy this thing because it's star wars or because right. it's a movie and we're in a movie theater and that's what you do so but they're just like here it is it's <laughs> stupid you know so here, <laughs> here's here's my thing like so i i took a while to dissect it and i read about different things and i watched some critiques of it because there were bits and pieces that I really enjoyed. I didn't really like Finn's uh, storyline all that much. It was kind of, to me, it felt very unnecessary. But yeah. um, that's so, what everybody hated that whole. Yeah. It, like, especially when they went to like that casino area, it was like pointless, yeah. you know? But so here's the thing that like, I felt like they were pitching to us the whole movie. It was, well, it's not like this whole universe is not simply good versus evil anymore yeah right it was all about well like whole like kylo ren was like my favorite character for the longest time in that movie because he seemed to be turning like maybe not good but he just kind of like was more realistic he was like well we need to have balance in in the universe and then there was that whole argument about like the force is um naturally balanced like if the light if there's a big increase in the light, the dark will um, respond yeah. and balance it out. And it's like this natural thing. And I got that the whole time. Like Kylo Ren was preaching it. Luke Skywalker Snoke. was preaching it. Snoke yeah. was preaching it. Like that was the whole thing with, well, Kylo Ren is this new dark uh, side power. So something has, somebody has to meet him and be his equal, which he thought was Luke Skywalker and is actually Ray. Yeah. Like, so, so Luke was preaching that he's like, I'm not, I want the Jedi to end. I'm not, um, I haven't used the force in a very long time kind of a thing. And then like, he even, he even flat out said something like, now I'm blanking on what it is, but he basically was like, the Jedi are are no more. I'm going to be the last Jedi. You know, I'm not going to train you. And then the part that pissed me off was after the fight with Rey, Rey and Kylo Ren, um, when Kylo Ren was like, let's join together and like, you know, govern the universe kind of a thing. Yeah. After that point, there was like this change where everything they talked about up to that point about balancing everything was completely reversed with Luke deciding he was going to come back. He was going to train Ray. He was going to come back and like fight uh, Kylo Ren and like all this stuff. It just felt like they were telling us something for most of the movie. And then they were like, mm-hmm. eh, just kidding. We're, you know, we're going to go back to this whole light side, dark side thing. Like Ray is going to be the savior and uh, Kylo Ren is the ultimate enemy you know yeah but i didn't really get that you know i i think i thought that like after the first time i watched it i was like okay so what the fuck have we been talking about but then you watch it more and it's just like it just becomes like sheer preservation of life you know what i mean like ray is just like i don't want these people to die and kylo ren is like let's assume command and kill these people (laughs) well i really (laughs) didn't necessarily evil or not it's just like i i didn't like um 
I, I thought there was going to be like a complete turning point. Like, like when Kylo Ren, I, I was like hoping Ray would like grab his hand and they would like be partners or whatever. And yeah, like I something was, I, absolutely transformative was going to happen. But yeah. she's like, nah, you know, <laughs> I'm going to keep it the old fashioned way. Like, and that was something else. They're like, you know, with the handoff of episode seven, like this is the new generation. We have all these people of color and women and empowered and everything yeah like the same thing was in this movie but then the tone was well we got this new age but we're still gonna like do exactly the same as what like everything we've been talking about doesn't matter because we're just gonna go back to light side versus dark side and the jedi are gonna come back you know it was like um i felt like they just like completely destroyed their own argument yeah, maybe, but honestly, like we won't really know where they're going with it until next movie. True. And ultimately, like I mean, they could join up or whatever, but like Kylo Ren is still a murderer in general, you know what True. I mean? So it's like yeah. he killed his own father and all this stuff. And it's great. Like I I always say like people don't like Kylo Ren. They think he's whiny and all this bullshit, but I think he's like way more dynamic, a bad guy than like fucking go watch new hope and imagine there's no other star Wars movies. And you're like, what (laughs) Darth Vader is just evil for the sake of being evil. Like you only know he's bad because he wears a black suit. (laughs) Like, you know, he's like the most uh, like the one dimensional fucking character that's ever existed in that movie. Yeah. And then, you know, and then of course it gets it expounds upon that in Empire Strikes Back, which is now regarded as like one of the better movies ever somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which you know I agree, it's great, and the plot is is pretty solid. But you know, people have defended Last Jedi by pointing out the reviews that Empire Strikes Back originally got, which were just shit all over. Really? And now with time, people think it's like in the top 100 best movies of all time. Yeah. And, you know, that's fine. I can sort of get behind that, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I think same thing with Last Jedi. Like, I think with time, people are going to become a little bit more forgiving. It's just like people's expectations are so high. Yeah. It's that's... like, just let this movie be a spectacle and let it be a fun joyride. You know, like, these originally were supposed to be these, like, just action-packed adventure movies. It doesn't have to be a commentary on, like, <laughs> everything all the time. True. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of agree with you, but I didn't really feel like... I just felt like their teaming up was like the timing was wrong. Yeah, could like be. She doesn't want her friends to be killed, and Kylo wants to just he Kylo wants to just forsake everything and that, not. Well, like, see, that's he what I'm saying to... though. Like, I I didn't think that up to that point. Maybe they did a, a really good job of like tricking me, but up to that point, I thought that Kylo Ren was changing. Like, he didn't fire the shot that that was presumably going to kill Leia. You know, he was. He he seemed to give every notion that he was changing, right? And then well, even into that fight scene, he's the one who kills Snoke. Yeah, um, but that's because Snoke is an asshole. Well, like, sure. if you were in Kylo Ren's position, wouldn't you want to kill Snoke too? Sure, but it it seemed like, I don't know, it seemed like the whole point was that Kylo Ren was changing for the good. And that there was even this fight scene where they teamed up, you know? And then it was like, nah, just kidding. I mean, I think you just have to, you can't, you're, you're viewing it through the lens of like just good and evil when in reality, like Kylo Ren and is like, is kind of like an abused person. Yeah, no, like for sure. You know, like he was betrayed by his mentor and, um, you know, killed a shit ton of people in response. And like, he is like, they talk about all the time, like how he is split. Mm-hmm. And, like, who knows, like, how he could go. But ultimately, like, he's been abused by Snoke for so long. I mean, I would have killed Snoke, too, even if I did kill my dad before. Yeah. But even then, like, I don't think Rey is purely good for the sake of just, like, the light side. I just think she's a good person. Like, she kind of got the short end of the stick in life and is trying to, like, be a good person. Yeah, her her role is not clear. Like, I almost feel like they were lying to us when they said that her parents were, like, nobody's yeah you know? <laughs> i got the same read on that and everybody's like no this is this is and i'm like really like <laughs> i know well see they're all about like changing the story here yeah but like i've been arguing it seems like a red time, herring to me yeah that's how i felt for this whole this whole movie which even if she did come from like parents who were just nobody like 
that's that's fine. Yeah, it doesn't but at matter. At the same time, it's and they said the same thing about Snoke. They were like, people are like, it doesn't matter what Snoke's role is, and I'm like, that's a fucking cop out. <laughs> like Snoke's role does matter. You know, yeah. like and I think we're gonna learn more about him in the next movie. But everybody's like, just be fine with it. This is what the movie wants, and it's like, yeah, the movie wants to trick you. Like, remember right. when we thought Darth Vader was this really bad guy who killed Luke's father, and then it turned out he was Luke's father? Like, yeah. have you never fucking had the <laughs> been tricked by a movie before? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was a little bit unsure. Like, I did not think that Snoke was going to be killed this movie. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, I mean, I guess now Kylo Ren is the main bad guy. But, like, normally, you know, they wait till the very end to kill off a person. So yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. So yeah. I, yeah, overall, I mean, it was a Star Wars movie. It was it was interesting. I'm not certain how I feel about it. I'm not certain if I feel like giving it another viewing, at least anytime yeah. soon. So Yeah. I mean I still think that Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie made. <laughs> um like Rogue One is so fucking good. And I'm really looking forward to solo. Yeah. Um, that'll be interesting. I'm so looking forward to solo. Um, so we'll see. And honestly, I think I'll reserve like my final judgment for Last Jedi, like after I see Episode Nine. Um, yeah. Overall, like I've seen it a lot, and I've digested Last Jedi for six months now, um, five months. I I enjoy it now, and I think I understand it now. Mm-hmm. You know, even the scenes like with Yoda and everything, like I thought were terrible the first time around, <laughs> but like now I actually really enjoy that. And I thought everything with Luke was really good. I really enjoyed Luke's character. I really enjoyed Luke's decisions. I really enjoyed his final moments. I thought they were like really touching. Yeah. Um, One thing I appreciated, just like I have in the other ones, is like the diversity of the cast, but also yeah. like. So I think that literally they were trying to do like something for everybody. Like for instance, yeah. the whole scene with Chewbacca and the what are those things called? Like po- porgs. Porgs. I wasn't a big fan of the porgs, but uh, yeah, I, but I think the whole point of them was to like kind of show this almost like side of Chewbacca where he was he at least this is how Ali and I read it. It was like he was about to eat one of them. And they were like yeah. all sad. And then he was like, wait a second. The food that I'm eating is a being yeah. just like me. Like this is like a call out to vegans. Like is Chewbacca vegan now? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, but. <laughs> but you know, he like has this soft spot for animals now and is like surrounding himself with them. And I don't know. It was like, it was interesting. I felt like they were, they were trying to reach everybody, which was kind of yeah. cool. So Yeah. And see, that's a good read on that. Cause I kind of, I kind of got the same, not the same. Re- I didn't think he's vegan, but um, yeah, I mean, maybe not. You know, you'd be hard pressed to like cut up your dog with like your other dog watching you. <laughs> yeah, sure. But... Oh yeah, sure. Come on. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't think Chewbacca is vegan, but I no, <laughs> I, okay. I mean, I don't think he is necessarily either. But it was kind of like that that call out. You know, yeah, like, I got the same. I got the same call out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, yeah, nice talk. <laughs> what else is on the um, agenda? Honestly, that's kind of about it on my yeah, notes. We're almost out um, of time, anyways. In commemoration uh, or a commencement, rather, I don't know, uh, of our uh, continued dedication to the format mm-hmm. and the idea of Gambit's Quest. Um, you want to kick off some challenges? Totally. Um, so with the OMG jam coming up, um, we did talk about what engine you're using, right? Did we talk about it on the podcast? I'm not sure. What, what engine are you using? (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, I have, I bought when, before me and Taylor started doing this podcast, uh, the humble bundle that we talk about that inspired us, um, had click team fusion 2.5 on it. And, um, I have been reading, I think, maybe I wasn't, but I thought I read in the Discord some people using the Firefly thing that's like the 3D click team fusion yeah, stuff. Yeah, Jago was looking at that. Yeah, and I don't think I'm going to do 3D. However, I've had click team fusion for a long time, and I haven't put in the time really to mess with it, and that was like what I originally wanted to use. So I think I'm going to put in the time and try and do something with that. Um, cool. At least that was my original goal, just because like, you know, I do enjoy um, Unity and everything, but I've just uh at this point i'm out of practice so it yeah i'm just to 
kind of refresh myself with something that's a little bit more user friendly. Totally. Yeah, you won't have to like start. I mean, from you, scratch. Yeah, you won't have to start from scratch and and be like fluent in programming necessarily to yeah to do it. So that's cool. Um, if you haven't already, uh, there is a developer. I think his name. Oh, Windy Beard. Windy Beard Games, he makes all of his games using ClickTeam Fusion, and several of them are out on Steam. So nice. if you're yeah. interested, he's uh, from the UK. There's... He streams in the mornings usually, but you should check him yeah. out. Um, there's been some bestsellers on Steam that were made on ClickTeam Fusion, one such being The Escapists. Yeah, that's a cool game. Yeah. So And also, you know, Jago's always doing his mm-hmm. games in ClickTeam, and those end up being really cool too. So um, Absolutely. That's cool, man. I hope... I hope that it, it's like super inspiring for you and you want to want to dig in and do some game dev with it. Um, so that was yeah. going to be my challenge was uh, since that's the engine you plan on using for OMG Jam, we have a little over a month before the OMG Jam 4. So yeah. my challenge was to dig up some tutorials and resources and start yeah. plugging away and put, put some time in every day this week to try and yeah. prepare for they that. Have- they have some built-in tutorials in the uh, engine. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, I mean they're just like text-based, but sure, um, that's okay. I'm going to uh, I'm going to try and complete all of those this week. I think. Dang. Um, I completed one, I've completed the first one like probably three separate times. <laughs> and it's just like a brick breaker clone. Oh yeah. Um. So I'm going to try and uh, do that again and then get past that one. Nice. And go do more. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so plug away at that. Maybe start thinking of um, goals you can set for yourself for the OMG Jam. Because I have no like basis for knowing how to use Click Team, but also just knowing like what it takes or where where you are at in terms of being able to complete one of those games. Like maybe it's yeah, maybe it's not too hard. Maybe it's gonna be super hard. I don't know. Yeah, we'll learn together. Yep. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, okay, cool. So there's my challenge from you. Mm-hmm. Um, my challenge to you is... <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say, if I can add, <laughs> go ahead. maybe it would be worthwhile to challenge me to do something with in terms of website stuff. Um, yeah, I was either thinking website stuff or like a whole extra new feature for your game, but I don't oh. know if I want to saddle that on to you. Well, um, I am working like multiple hours per week on my game already, like typically 10 to 15 or 20. So that would probably be a, a default. But the Taylor. Part... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I challenge you. I challenge you to create a landing page for gamedevsquest.com. Okay. You know, even if it's just a static thing. Okay. Uh, I think that'll be a good baseline. You know, have just something. People can go to gamedevsquest.com. They can look at it and then go, hey, gamedevsquest.com. All right. Okay. Yeah, and we can add some stuff for OMG Jam 4 up there. I plan on uh, getting that up soon, too. Yeah. So... Honestly, hopefully that's not too big of a challenge, but I think, yeah, just like a static page, it could have our Game Devs Quest logo and the date for the Game Jam or something, you know? Perfect. All right. Sounds good. Um, Cool. Yeah, I don't know. Anything else? No, I think that about does it for this week. All right. What are our links? Uh, Right. You guys can uh, tweet us. We are at Game Devs Quest. You can email us, gdq at airpodcast.com. Give us a like, facebook.com slash airpodcast. And if you're so inclined to support us monetarily, you can do so by using our Humble Bundle affiliate link, which uh, we have shortened conveniently to you, for you, uh, bit.ly forward slash slash <laughs> forward slash uh, gdq hyphen humble. Um, and anytime you use that link within 24 hours of clicking on it, we will get a small little cut of whatever you purchase. Um, so please use that. Buy some book bundles. There's still some programming bundles up. If not, uh, there'll be more in the future, I'm sure, because uh, those are, it uh, seems like extremely popular. So, totally. Um, you guys can also join the Discord if you haven't already. Um, bit.ly forward slash GDQ Discord. Come hop in, say hello, get inspired, and uh, maybe 
start talking about pairing up for OMG Jam. I know we already kind of have some artists in there who are looking for people to join up with. So um, that might be good use of your time. And if you have a moment, please go on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform of choice and leave us a rating and a review. Um, give us some honest feedback if you have any, and we'll do our best to incorporate it in the future. Also, uh, before I forget, if you guys have any questions you want to submit to the podcast, please um, hit us up on Discord. I don't know. What would be the right channel for that? <laughs> I don't know. You can private message us. Yeah. Why don't you uh, direct message either Or you Rhett can direct message us I. on Twitter too, if you want, maybe. Yep. Hit us up on Twitter with your questions. I think in the future, uh, if we get those questions, we'll... We'll read them on the yeah. podcast. We maybe once we get a website up, we'll have to do something a little bit more official, like a submit. Yeah, yeah. But for yeah. now, um, if you guys have yeah. questions, put them up there. We're happy to answer them. Should be fun. Yeah, direct message me or whatever. We'll find them. So yep. Okay. Well, I guess if that's all we got for this week, uh, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Cue that music. Oh yeah. <laughs>